This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Adam joins me all week. We've been talking about the EU-UK trade talks and so on. And bearing in mind that the EU does need the UK as an export market, that's strong hand number one. Strong hand number two is this figure. I think we all knew about it, but uh, it's certainly headlining the, uh, the the entrance into the budget debate as far as the EU is concerned tomorrow, which is this 75 billion euro hole in the bloc's finances. Um, I, would, I think we probably got a fairly strong hand haven't we going into these well it kind of depends on what our approach is ultimately i mean we've got to remember that uh, boris johnson himself was almost leading the campaign uh, during the referendum about take it about all this money that we're going to save as a result of leaving the eu and while some would agree uh, that it's worth continuing to contribute towards the EU in order to get a, a trade deal over the line, uh, how much do you contribute and how much would Boris Johnson be willing to contribute, if anything at all, in order to get that trade deal through because of how, how, how aligned he is with that promise, effectively, to uh, take that money back? Um, and. It, the timing, I don't think, is obviously um, is obviously a surprise as well. It's not a coincidence. The fact that the, it's the the budget for the EU has to be resolved by the end of this year, uh, along the same time, same time as the trade talk. So I imagine over the next couple of months, uh, EU leaders will have a much better idea of how much uh, how much of a contribution they can expect from the EU, and therefore how much of the uh, that then has to be made up from within. Uh, the countries that are still part of the EU, either through more contributions from the wealthier countries or or, or through cuts the, to the uh, to the poorer countries. So it's going to be a really tough discussion, to be fair, because I don't think either side, whether you are a net contributor or a net taker, are going to be overly willing to back down on this. But what do, what do you make of the of, of the talk about this this level playing field and so? In other words, I think what the EU is saying is, look, you know, um, people tr- who trade with us uh, within the EU, in other words, the, the intra trade between the countries, is done <clears throat> on a similar tax and regulation basis and so on. Therefore, it should apply to countries wanting to export into the EU. Um, again, I, I mean, is is that something which actually holds up? I suspect it probably doesn't. Well, I mean, I think I think we have to remember that uh, when you're entering into trade deals with many countries, you, you're going to find that many of these countries are going to be in agreement on on, a va- on the vast majority uh, of, of these topics. And the UK has been within a tra- within that trade agreement, within that trading block now for decades, and has helped to effectively write the rules. So there's going to be many, many areas where there is broad agreement uh, with with respect to this. But there's also going to be areas now where the UK government is going to want to diverge in order to. Uh, allow for trade deals with other countries including the US. Uh, the, the question's obviously going to be is where do, where do they want to be, where do they want to diverge what does that mean for the trade agreement in terms of how comprehensive it is uh, and what does it mean um, for the UK and the EU's um, desire uh, to actually negotiate and it, it's hard to know what those finer details are at the moment because both sides are effectively keeping their cards close to their chest we're obviously hearing a lot again suddenly uh, of this kind of uh, public chat uh, but we're not really learning too much in terms of the details of exactly where it is that the that, that both sides uh, that one side wants to diverge and what um, what the actual risks are to the deal because like I say it, it's, it's it's a lot of um, threats and warnings at the moment and there is going to be negotiation along the way we're going to be talking um more more specifically about employment and what you should do as a worker um given the coronavirus uh 
uh, outbreak. But um, as far as international corporate companies are concerned, uh, Qantas is saying that it'll lose £76 million uh, pounds, uh, over coronavirus. Closer to home, uh, companies like Primark, Halfords, ASOS, DVS are warning uh, of constrictions in their business because of supply out of China. Um, I know this is bubbling away and so on in the background, but we should keep a note of all this. I mean, this is this is the supply chain problem writ large, presumably. Yeah, this is where we really do start to get details on just how great an economic impact it has. So we've got to remember, everyone, it's been extremely difficult for people to try and quantify just how big an impact this is going to have. The easiest uh, comparison that people are making is the SARS outbreak in 2003. Uh, The difficulty that you have with that is that the Chinese economy is around twice as big now as it was back then. It's a lot more integrated. (coughs) Other countries are a lot more dependent, both Mm. in terms of of the manufacturing in China and therefore importing. But we've got to remember as well that uh, China is the world's second largest importer as well so that means that a slowdown in its economy and its consumer spending is going to impact uh, countries outside of China as well um, then it, it's also really difficult to then quantify exactly yes do you know what uh, people aren't going to shops but are they spending online instead and therefore uh, how much is that offsetting it and it's really difficult to gauge those numbers at the minute so people are going to be following these results and these um, these comments quite uh, closely from these various companies we heard from Apple earlier in the week who warned about the impact on production as well as um, as well as purchases uh, we heard from adidas puma over the last 24 hours as well um uh, and these are companies who are heavily exposed a third of their uh, sales to uh, come in uh, in in the asia pacific region um uh, and china and, and adidas in particular said that it's affected 85 percent of business in china uh, and you've got starbucks i think closing 40 stores uh, so 50 percent of stores so we have to. These are all companies who have been majorly impacted in the near term uh, as a result of this. So we should be able to quantify a little bit easier. But everywhere you read, everywhere you look, the difficulty people are saying is it's extremely difficult to quantify because in many ways it's similar to SARS. In many ways it's worse, and in many ways again, it's really difficult to compare because China is such a different country now to what it was then. Let's do inflation yesterday. Um, it's still within that uh, very old target, isn't it? Of uh plus or minus 2%, 1.8%. Any worries about interest rate rises as a result of this? I'm guessing not. No, not really. Um, I think we have to remember that these figures can be volatile. Um, when you're collecting these figures around Christmas, they can be more volatile. And when you collect these figures around Brexit and the UK general election, then they could be further volatile again. And what we actually saw back in the last month for the numbers for December was we saw a, a, a significant dip in the inflation figures uh, and the panic set in and it was there was for some reason a situation of we need to now cut interest rates because inflation is well below target all of a sudden and we discussed it last month I was saying this is not the time to panic this is the time to wait for some more data let the economy settle down and judge where we are in a few months thankfully uh, the Bank of England uh, agreed uh, and I feel like now they've been vindicated this is not the type of data that tells us we need an interest rate hike uh, but it also confirms that this is the data that shows that we don't need an interest rate cut right now either what we need is the uh, Bank of England to have a, a steady head uh, and to continue to collect data and see how the economy uh, does uh, in the aftermath of the election in the aftermath of leaving the EU technically on the 31st of January and that's Thankfully, what it seems like they're doing, and like I say, I think this uh, this data, while beating expectation, vindicates what they've done already. There's often the 
the, the the talk about looking for yield isn't there and government debt does that for a lot of people because it's relatively safe but <laughs> excuse me creditors of argentina are going to take quite a haircut aren't they i know it's a long way away and all the rest of it but it's something which has been bubbling away in the background argentina in the headlines once again what does it mean for investors looking to countries like that because they do get a better return but at the same time they run the risk of a big haircut and that's what creditors are going to get right now well yeah high risk high return i mean that's just how the markets ultimately are and um there was hope for years that that things were improving in Argentina and um, and that's deteriorated quite rapidly and now we are in a situation where the government the Argentine government wanted the IMF to be the ones who were taking the haircut obviously they wanted to put as little pressure on private investors um, as, as possible because ultimately they want to continue to borrow into the future and if you are asking uh, private investors to take a massive haircut then you are just effectively rising, raising the yield that you're going to be having to pay later on in order to uh, raise funds uh, the IMF obviously as opposed to taking a haircut it always has been it always will be uh, and they want to push it back onto the private investors which is ultimately where it should go in, in, in situations like this and um, yeah that, that seems to be the direction of travel that we're heading it just makes like I said it makes life harder for, for, for Argentina in the future especially when you've got a government in place um, at this moment in time which um there's massive question marks around in terms of spending and in terms of borrowing. And finally, um, do you think the long-suffering investors in Sirius, this uh, massive scheme to um, <clears throat> get uh, potash and the rest of it from underneath the North Yorkshire Moors, which actually has attracted a lot of local investment, which is something that mm -hmm. companies actually quite like to do, do you think there'll be any comeback from Anglo, given that Crispin Odis hedge fund has said that their offer is too low? I think... It's difficult because, uh, fu uh, fundamentally speaking, and ordinarily, you would uh, you would agree that this is an offer that is too low. The, the 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 issue that you've got is that there isn't enormous amounts of competition for uh, for the firm, and the firm is in a very vulnerable position. Whereby, if they don't accept the offer, there's a good chance that. Uh, the the offer becomes much lower, or the, the the value of the stock becomes far 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 lower again. So it, it, you can understand the argument from uh, OD Asset Management, but at the same time, Anglo American are in quite a strong position, and if the locals who the locals um, need to weigh up the impact of well do we want to accept a lower offer or do we want to risk losing the business because if you lose the business you lose jobs and this is a this is a massive opportunity uh, for the area in terms of employment and in terms of skilled employment as well so it's it's it is a very difficult position and i think odia probably in a way just almost playing uh playing the game here because uh, i think if i'm not mistaken neil's suggested yesterday don't come back at us just with an offer come back at us with a final offer and then that will only, yeah. only then will we can it. I think that's an idea of like just trying to push them a little bit further to make the offer that little bit more uh, acceptable. Okay, great. Thanks very much indeed. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 